Hey guys, it's Jamie. Hi, it's Madison. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Dropbox Podcast. Listen up for personal growth and business conversations for the ambitious entrepreneur. Quiet on the set, we're going live. Hello, Dropbox friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Man, are we in for a treat today. I'm here with Holly Gillen. You guys, Holly is known as the go-to video gal. She teaches video development for high-performing leading ladies who want to save time on both sides of the camera. Holly started working professionally in video in 2008 and has worked on projects for the Sundance Channel, HBO, Sunny Music, and Nick.com, just to name a few. <laughs> you guys, if you want to take your brand and business to the next level this year, Turn off all your distractions, turn up the audio because Holly is here and is going to give us some very impactful information about video. Holly, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here with you today, Madison, and be chatting with your peeps. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> this is going to be a treat for every single listener. Let's jump into this. Holly, how did you become the woman behind that bio that I just read? What made you want to get started in video? And how did you end up working with some of these amazing companies on these super amazing projects? So funny story, it was 2008 and I was living and working in Florida and I was involved in the real estate agent. And if you're in the United States, you may or may not remember the housing market bubble bursting. <laughs> And it really hit Florida really bad. And I was let go from my position. And at the time I was, you know, a licensed real estate agent. I was my broker's office assistant and he was my mentor and somebody I really looked up to. And he always said to me, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And I think that's actually a quote from Confucius, but you know, it was something that really um, stuck with me. And I left that position at a crossroad and I was like, well, what do I really want to do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I always had an interest in photography and I thought maybe, maybe I would travel a little because at the time I really didn't have anything tying me down. And that's when I discovered the Travel Channel Academy, which was a school that the Travel Channel had put together to teach people how to shoot and edit video travel channel style. And I was like, whoa, that would be like a dream job. I would love to work for the Travel Channel. Like, that's amazing. So I did that and it was everything that I thought it was going to be. That turned into an opportunity to travel around Mexico shooting a documentary. And I spent two months doing that in the summer of 2008 and I learned so much. When I came back from Mexico, I was still living in Florida and I met with every production company within a 50 mile radius of where I was living. And I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? Are you hiring? I'm here. I'm ready to, to work and to learn. I was like, yeah, we're not doing anything. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm out. Within two weeks, I packed, sold, or put into storage everything I owned, moved back to New York, and got my first internship at a documentary production company and started working from there. I started creating relationships and started freelancing and just kept getting different opportunities. And I worked as a camera operator, a video producer, and a video editor. Wow, that is so cool because first of all, it's the fact that you're like, I want to try something new. Then you saw like this, you know, video program that you can go through and learn those skills. That's really powerful. So for any of you listeners right now, like you can learn how to do video and learn how to do it extremely well. There's so many resources out there. Also, you mentioned you moved back to New York because you realized, you know, there weren't a lot of opportunities in your area. 
would you encourage people, you know, to kind of look outside of their, you know, community and area if there isn't necessarily opportunities for them? Do you think it's good for people to kind of expand their horizons and look outside their area? I think if you have the freedom to do so, like at the time I didn't have a family, I was single, you know, and there was nothing, like I said, nothing tying me to where I was. And I'm, you know, just spontaneous like that. I was just like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. Yeah, you just <laughs> your faith and it paid off. So yeah. when you got to New York, you said you did internships. Yep. You think there's power in, you know, choosing to do that type of volunteer internship work, learn the skill sets and before looking for that paying type of job? Absolutely, a thousand percent. Because during that time, was I, I really didn't because I didn't have a film school background. Mm-hmm. I was really getting um, the nitty gritty on the street, you know, version of a film school education mm-hmm. by digging, you know, my hands in and getting dirty, and just trying to discover like where did I want to land inside of that world because there were so many different opportunities in so many different directions that I could have gone and I really wanted to take the time to discover what it was that you know lit me up the most Mm -hmm. absolutely and what I love about that is you know you said you didn't have this necessary like film school type of background but you got your hands dirty you went and just learned how to do it you took fast action with it and I think that's powerful that these days you can find free information on the internet. You can learn what you need to do. You can go get that real world, um, real work experience. So I think that's super cool. A thousand percent. There's so much information out there. There is no excuses. Absolutely. Now, Holly, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see small business owners making when it comes to their video content? I would say the biggest mistake is not having a plan. Not having a plan. So um, part of what I help my clients do is come up with a plan. Like as you mentioned, I teach people how to create business cinema, which is video with plan, purpose, system, and strategy. So the planning part is extremely important because what people don't understand and the mistake that a lot of people make is like they get super excited about like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make video. I'm going to do it. I'm totally going to do it. So many people doing it. This is what everybody's doing. I totally want to be on that bandwagon and then they jump right into the deep end with no plan. And that is a huge, huge mistake because if you don't know why you're creating the content, if you don't know who you're creating it for, if you don't know how it fits into the bigger picture of your business, if there's no strategy behind it, you're literally just creating video for the sake of creating video. And the only thing that you're doing is wasting your time. And if you're not doing it well, now you're wasting your audience's time because they're investing in you to watch that content Mm -hmm. and or not. And, you know, so really, you know, having a plan and starting with that, um, I always joke around and say, I never, ever, 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 ever was on a professional production set where they were like, yeah, let's just see what happens. <laughs> no, very, very true. that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So if you want to emulate the pros and you want to, you know, really take video seriously in your business, then 60 to 65% of the process is planning. It is front loading the work so that the rest of the stuff is really easy. And this actually cascades into a bunch of other problems and mistakes that I see, you know, business owners making is, you know, they're like, oh, it takes so long to record the video. It takes so long to record the videos because you didn't have a plan to begin with. Then, oh, it takes so long to edit the videos um, because you just shot a bunch of stuff and you just rambled into nowhere land. And now you're trying to figure out how to cut and paste it all together. And that's really frustrating and overwhelming. Whereas if you had a plan to begin with, 
you wouldn't be in that situation. It would literally be like putting together a puzzle when it came to editing the videos. Oh, that's powerful, Holly. That really is having that strategy, that game plan for what you're doing and why you're doing it. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's better to have a game plan and strategy for each video that you post? So like someone today decides I'm gonna shoot a video, they have an end goal for that specific video, or is it better to have a game plan for you know an entire week's worth of video, an entire month's worth of your video, have a game plan for a larger amount of video content? I think both actually, you know, having a big picture plan mm -hmm. because video is a long-term strategy. It's not a one and done. I made this one video. It had goals attached to it. It had a plan. It had a strategy. That one video is not going to create the traction that you need to be successful with this particular strategy. And your business video is a long-term strategy and it, 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 it encompasses multiple, you know, videos. So, you know, having a big picture goal and understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. And then also having an end goal for each specific video that you're creating and a reason why you're creating each of those videos and how that ties back into the bigger picture goal is super, super important. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. Now, let me ask you, do you believe that video adds like a next level type of credibility to a brand or business these days? Yeah, a thousand percent because video gives people the opportunity to see the face behind the brand. You know, especially when you're running an online business, people don't have the opportunity to be in the same room with you, to shake your hand, to look you in the eye, to hear the tone in your voice and the inflection that you're making to determine whether or not you're actually credible or you know what you're talking about. You know, I mean, I could have gotten anybody to write copy on my website. That doesn't mean I know what it means, you know, as the person behind my brand. So with the video, there's, um, you know, you don't really have a lot of that, you know, uh, filter there. So you are presenting who you are authentically in vulnerability and you're being vulnerable and, and presenting this information and it's building up your credibility mm -hmm. because video not only allows you to boost your credibility, but also your no like trust factor because you are you know, allowing people to see you, to hear you, you're, you're connecting with them on multiple senses and on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Wow. Love that. And that transitions perfectly into this next question. Let's say someone listening right now, they're like, okay, makes sense. I need to start doing video for my brand or business, but what if they're a beginner or they're super introverted? What would be some of your best advice for someone to just find that confidence that clarity in their message to go live, to pull out their camera and film a YouTube video, what would be some helpful tips for them? Sure. I actually have different tips for whether or not you're going live or whether you're recording pre-recorded video content. So okay. I think um, first and foremost, you know, with live, um, you should be addressing common questions, concerns, pain points, problems that you're business can solve. So you have products, you have services, you have something that you're offering as the solution to these, you know, pain points. Um, also, I think, you know, talking about things that are common questions that people are wondering about, you're going to be able to address those concerns in your live broadcast. But, you know, having a plan will help eliminate some of the nerves and fear of going live initially because you, you have a plan, 
you know, if you get, you know, something happens, you know, the doorbell rings or, you know, your kids come banging through the door. Um, you can just like, you know, regroup, look down at your plan and say, where did I leave off? And then pick up from there. And it gives you the freedom to feel a little bit more relaxed when you're going live. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is like, it's, it's not about you. <laughs> I know everybody's like, ah, it's me on the video and it's so scary. And, you know, but you have to remember why you're, why you're showing up. Why are you going live in the first place? It's because you have something valuable that you want to share with somebody else who's suffering and you know that you can help them. You know that if they just heard what you said, they would, you know, be able to alleviate some of their pain. So think about that instead of thinking about yourself. Mm. Um, the other thing with live, like if you invite like a friend or a buddy, somebody who you know is like out there cheering you on. So you just kind of know they're there and you can focus on them mm. as opposed to like, you know, some scary, scary scenario where you're like, I don't know who's watching this or who's uh -huh. listening to me, but just knowing that you have a friend there on the other side who's supporting you, who's cheering you on in the comments and just kind of like making you feel a little less alone. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the last thing is like, you need to just let go of perfection. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. Specifically with live broadcasting is a little uh, much more relaxed and people are a lot less forgiving of like just stuff going on that's not perfect. Like you didn't say the word right. Okay, so what? Who cares? Nobody cares. Or somebody asked you a question, you didn't know the answer. I don't care. I used to say in my live broadcasts, like, ask me anything. If I don't know the answer, it gives us both an opportunity to learn something. Like that wasn't a stumbling block for me because I wanted to be challenged in that way. Yeah, I love what you just said of video. It builds that no like and trust factor. So whether it is pre-recorded for YouTube or it's live, people are getting to see you, the face of your of the brand, of the business. I think that's so powerful because these days it's true. A lot of businesses are online and you know, we can scroll through Instagram or Facebook, but we want to see that uh we want to have that human interaction that personable type of factor. So that's super powerful. But also some of those tips that you gave of you guys, anyone listening right now, of have a friend on the other side, create that strategy and that game plan beforehand. That way that stress kind of goes away. Holly, what do you think of video scripting? I just want to add that in there real quick. Like yep. if you know they practice beforehand, if they have kind of those bullet points in mind, do you think that's a pretty good idea? Sure. For live. Yeah, definitely having a bullet bullet point outline. I don't recommend live like writing a full script because you're never going to be able to be like, like reading the script. From the thing. <laughs> like you definitely, you don't want to do that. Um, you know, just trust that you know what you know, mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to deliver that information in the exact way that somebody needs to hear it because you know what you know, just relax into it. Um, but having the bullet points will help keep you on track in case you do lose track or somebody asks a question because that's happened to me a bunch of times on a live broadcast. Somebody will ask a question and I definitely want to, you know, address a question, but it may, you know, lead us off the path that we originally intended to, you know, chat about during the live broadcast. So having those bullet points that you can circle back to, you know, will help keep you on track. Mm -hmm. And as far as like pre-recorded video, I, I recommend, I have a video script formula that I recommend to my people and it is the thriller filler spiller formula. Ooh. And basically it is, you know, thrill, thrill, immediately thrill somebody at the beginning of your video by saying something captivating, interesting, you know, something that 
make a promise, deliver, you know, and then with the filler, you deliver on that promise. And then that could be like the bulleted pointed section of the video, the filler, you know, the meat, the value. And then the spiller is now that you've built up a sense of reciprocity by sharing this valuable information with your viewer, you're asking them for something in return. And that could be anything from, hey, like this video, share it with a friend, or come on over and get the additional material that goes along with this video by opting in and downloading the PDF, the ebook, the free, you know, the other piece of free content. That is so fun. Thriller, spiller, and what's the last one? Thriller, filler, spiller. Thriller, filler, spiller. That yeah. is so cool. You guys, I'm putting that in the show notes. That is a really good way to create that strategy, those bullet points for your live stream or for your uh, pre-filmed content. That's awesome, Holly. Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely obviously more complex scripting formulas that you could potentially use, but that's a great one to get started with. And if anybody wants that, I also have it as a free download, just like a little worksheet. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. That way, if you're interested, you can definitely go and take a look. Now let's talk about IGTV and YouTube. This is something in our Dropbox community we're having, you know, some heavy conversations about. So overall, what are your thoughts about IGTV and YouTube? Do you think that one is better than the other? Should we be on both? Just focus on one of them? What do you think? Um, I think that they're different. And not necessarily one's better than the other. They're different. And it depends on, it goes back to why you're making videos in the first place and your goals and your strategy and your vision and what you hope to accomplish. Um, the differences for me it are, you know, YouTube is a search engine. So YouTube is about SEO. It's about attraction. And if you're just getting started on YouTube, you're starting with zero people, right? Um, there's, you know, and, and unless you have a huge following and then you invite them over, but you know, you're starting basically from scratch. So YouTube for me is about attraction. It's about attracting, you know, that new audience of people through, um, optimizing my metadata and my, my videos and, you know, really showing up and delivering search worthy content. Mm, okay. Whereas IGTV is about, you know, creating complimentary content, you know, and I may have, and it's complimentary to what I'm already doing on Instagram and it's continuing a conversation that I'm already having on Instagram and it's showing up and participating, you know, in that conversation in a way that I know that my audience on Instagram wants to you know, have a conversation with me about. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that. And it is true that it's different. And I love that you mentioned that YouTube is very SEO oriented because that is something I honestly tend to forget is that that's how people find you on YouTube is it's a search engine. Yes. But with IGTV, it's kind of just that, you know, a lot of times we already have a following in a community on Instagram. It's just adding, continuing to serve into that Instagram community. So that's a really good, you know, differentiator between the two. So that's awesome. Now, what do you say about repurposing video content? Because that's something that we've been talking to our Dropmop community on of saving time by taking, you know, your live stream content, playing it on YouTube or IGTV. Is that kind of a strategy that you recommend? Why or why not? I highly recommend um, repurposing and creating complimentary content and not necessarily um like i i don't advocate taking a live broadcast and just kind of replanting it on the other social platforms because you have to show up and respect your audience for the platform that they're on and everybody you know is using um the different social media platforms for different reasons and they interact and participate 
in different ways. So you want to create, again, that complementary content for that platform. So that okay. doesn't mean you can't take your content and repurpose it. And I'm actually experimenting with this myself right now. And I'm always, you know, it's always an experiment over here at Holly G Studios. And I'm always trying to figure out you know, what's the best way to communicate and serve my audience with the um, content that I have to share. So, you know, a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll create my main hub piece of content for the week, and that will be the YouTube video. And then I will repurpose portions of that onto other social platforms and or, you know, repurpose it into quotes or short video clips or, you know, other types of content. And, um, use those depending on the platform, you know, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, Insta stories, Facebook, you know, and use those in different ways. Mm -hmm. Is there one platform in particular that you definitely think that content creators and people with video need to be on? Would you choose YouTube or is there somewhere else? I would say YouTube, <laughs> but honestly, it really depends. And it goes back to your personal strategy and why you're using video and what the intention is, because if your intention is to, you know, um, continue creating and cultivating your relationships with your audience and the people on Instagram, then you know, maybe YouTube is not necessarily the place for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really need to take it, all things into consideration. Mm -hmm. Always back to that foundation of why you're doing the video content in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go on to another question all about 2020 and marketing trends. Yeah. Where do you really think that video, video marketing is going over the next year? Are you expecting any big trends? What should we be aware of for our brand and businesses? Sure. Live's not going anywhere. So, you know, taking advantage of, you know, live video and, you know, almost, I think almost every social platform now has a way to go live, including LinkedIn, you know, and, um, you know, taking advantage of that and finding out where your audience is, how they want to, you know, how they want to interact with you. What's the best kind of content to share live versus pre-recorded that kind of stuff. I think for me, like live is always all about more about like the conversation and the interaction as opposed to the pre-recorded video is more about delivering, you know, value and information. Not that the live isn't about delivering value, but it's about, you know, participating in the conversation because I'm there live. So doing stuff like Q and A's and, you know, things like that where people have the opportunity to be a part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, stories again, stories is now, Oh, you have YouTube stories, you have IG, you know, you have Instagram stories, you know, it's all about the story, story, story. And for me, you know, the stories in the short 50 sec 15 second clip specifically on Instagram and Instagram stories is my way for me to share like behind the scenes, little, you know, snips into my day and, you know, other d different layers of my personality and, um, you know, different elements like I'm a mom and I work from home and I have a dog and, you know, different, it allows me to kind of share in those different ways. So I see, you know, people really, you know, you should definitely be taking advantage of that to share other um, aspects of your personal story with your um, audience. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I know I'm personally focusing on in 2020 and something I've been focusing on for years is personal video. And I think this is something that's highly underused and underutilized, but is so, so powerful 
creating personalized videos for people, having conversations through video, doing personal, you know, um, video conversations and, you know, creating content just for one person. Mm, that's a really clever idea. Interesting. Never thought of that before. Um, but just like you said earlier, that no like and trust factor, that's kind of what I love so much about like Instagram stories, um, whether it's going live too. Yeah, we want to be those professionals and show up and tell people like, hey, we are the expert in our industry with, you know, whatever our brand or business is. But here's also, you know, my behind the scenes life. Here's my family or my dog or here's what I love to do when I'm not working. That yeah. adds into that no like and trust factor. thousand percent. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is a accumulation of you know all of the things and you know you you are not just your brand you are not just your business you you know specifically if you're you know working on creating a personal brand people want to see you know who is that person behind the brand mm -hmm. absolutely now one quick question before we wrap up this just came to my mind for any of our listeners what is one thing you would recommend not involving in your brand or business is there anything that you should stay clear of on video something that would just like totally ruin your strategy or maybe a topic that you should just not have near your business i mean if there's anything that you aren't comfortable sharing don't you know you don't have to share anything you're not comfortable sharing if it's something, you know, I do recommend being polarizing and sharing opinions and things like that. But, you know, you have to know where your lines are. Like, I don't, you know, like some people like to curse and that's part of their brand and that's part of their, you know, their online persona. I don't in my business. And, you know, that's a line for me. Um, I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about religion. You know, those are lines for me. That's stuff that I don't bring into my brand. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that intentionally. Yeah. So it's having like those kind of standards or that set of values for yourself of, I'm just not comfortable involving this in my brand or business. Sure. And some people don't want to show their children and that's totally fine too. But if you do, then that's, 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 you know, your call and your decision, mm -hmm. but you know, understanding what those things are mm -hmm. so that, you know, you have those, you know, those lines that you will or will not cross. Mm-hmm. But I think totally, you know, share opinions, like be opinionated, be polarizing, have something to say. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, know what that is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Stand That's behind it. Yeah, and stand behind it. Absolutely. Now, Holly, this has been such a fun podcast episode. I am already like, ooh, my wheels are turning inside my head as far as video ideas. How do you help like best help your clients? So if someone listening right now is like, okay, Holly knows her stuff. And you guys, by the way, all of her contact information and links will be in the show notes. What do you help your clients achieve and where can somebody find out more about the services you offer and how they can work with you? Awesome. Thanks for asking. I, I help my clients achieve. Um, well, what I help my clients do is save time on both sides of the camera and create that business cinema. And I do this and help them achieve the goals that they set out to in their business in a really simplified, fun, easy way. Like it doesn't have to be hard or complex. One of my special zones of genius is taking complex things and breaking them down into super simple processes to really eliminate a lot of the stress and overwhelm. And I also love streamlining. So saving my clients time 
is paramount. Specifically for me, um, it's just how I run my life and my business. But now as I'm approaching the end of my second pregnancy and I'm about to have two children under the age of two, I still want to remain productive and, in my business and be able to perform all of the things that I need to do. So, you know, time, saving time and being cognizant of that is very important to me. Absolutely. And I think these days it's like everyone is so busy, busy, go, go, go that for those listening, like if you not only want to up level your video marketing in 2020, but you want to do it while saving time, but having a strategy, look up Holly, take a look at her links in the show notes. I know that this podcast episode has been so valuable, not only for me, but for all of you listening. So definitely go on ahead and check out Holly G Studios if you're interested in working with her. Holly, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you, Madison. It was a pleasure speaking to you.